0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. All right, well, good morning, House family. (laughs) I am Jeff Hazel. I'm excited to be here this morning. Uh, My wife and I, we've been serving here uh, almost seven years, so we've been coming, and we've done a number of things. We, We started with First Experience, and then did some with Framework. We've done things with the finance team. Uh, excited about life groups. So my men's breakfast group, come on, shout out to my men's breakfast group. And then I've got a, men, or a, a married uh, leadership group that we're a part of. So super excited about life groups. My wife Hannah actually recently came on as part-time staff and she runs our admin team. So we do a lot together, yeah, okay. The people love her, no, that's good. Uh, she, she does a whole lot more than I do at this point, so we do a lot together, but she does a whole lot more, so we are excited about the role that she has here, because we're excited about what is happening here at the house. The Lord is moving, uh, we're doing big things, and so we are uh, just thankful to be a part of it. We do have two sons, so I have uh, James, he turns three next week, so we're excited for some birthday festivities, and then we've got a seven-month-old Henry So our house is chaotic from our standards because it's, you know, it's a lot with two boys at this point. For anybody that has more than two kids, you're thinking, just wait, you know, it only, just wait, only gets more chaotic, but no, we are uh, thankful to be here. I do want to honor Pastor Stephen and Katie before I get going because truly we are blessed to have their leadership in this place. There's a lot that I could say about them, but I want to emphasize their wisdom this morning. See, they live in a way that is is honoring to God. It it follows the biblical principles and they are just wise. There's just it's a good way to put it that they are wise. And so, as the church, we get to strive to emulate the things that they are producing in their life. And I can just say personally for Hannah and I, like our marriage is better because of their leadership. Like our parenting is better because of their leadership. And I know many of the folks in the room could say the same thing is true. And so, I do I just want to honor them this morning if you would help me honor them. Awesome. Well, before we jump into it, pray with me uh, as we get ready to hear what God has for us today. Lord, we do just thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. Lord, we thank you that you are already moving in this place. Lord, we thank you just for the worship and that you've been stirring our hearts already. And so I just pray that you would give me clarity in my words, uh, that you would allow me to communicate what you have in my heart, uh, and that ultimately we would be glorifying you in all that we do here at the house today amen. We are in a Full House series, and Pastor Devin kicked us off last week. Didn't he do a great job? You know, I I told him this. I'm like, at this point, I expect great things out of Devin, but he just keeps raising the bar, right? Like, I just, I'm always impressed, Uh, and he did. He challenged me. Some of the things he talked about, full of life, were challenging to me, and so my hope is that I could build on what he's already established, full of life, and we are talking about full of connection this morning. But why do we care about connection? See, we care about connectedness. I want to give a story to this. So a few years ago, uh, I would say it was a few years ago that large TVs, like big TVs, became affordable. Like for a while, if you wanted one of the really large TVs, it was crazy expensive. But a few years ago, they started bringing the prices down, and I decided that it was going to be acceptable to get a 70-inch TV. (laughs) Uh, I'm a football fan, and so I'm thinking, look, it was the summertime, I was gearing up for football season, like, I'm going to go get me a big TV, and uh, I'll let you know a little tip, if if you didn't know this, Sam's Club does some really great deals on TVs, and they do these one-day events, they do one in August, Uh, they do them a few different times of the year, and so I was kind of waiting, like, hoping that this TV I had picked out would go on sale uh, on that day, and it did. And so I'm all excited, I tell Hannah like, let's go to Sam's, let's get this TV. And so we load up, we go, find the TV. And and the 70 inch TV has an even bigger box, right? So I mean, we're talking like balancing this thing, putting it on the cart, check out, get it in in our car, get it home, get it. It was like a struggle to get this thing out of the box, get the stands on, set it up. And I'm all excited, like ready to enjoy this TV, go to turn it on and and it won't. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) we got the dud TV after all of that, like all of that. And I, I know like they'll take the return. Like that's not what I'm worried about. I'm just like annoyed that now I'm gonna have to go through the process of the return. So I'm like, okay, this is a pain. Let me see if I can figure this out. I'm doing some troubleshooting, have this like light bulb moment, like, wait, maybe I just forgot to put the batteries in the remote. That wasn't it, all good. And so I'm like, dang it, okay, accept defeat, hang my head, go reach behind the TV to start disassembling the stand. And I didn't plug it in. TV's pretty useless, not plugged in, not connected. And so it's, you know, it's a simple story. I was, of course, very relieved that I did not have to return this TV. But the reality is, like, that is true in life. Like, sometimes it's as simple as we're just not connected and that's the unlock to fulfill the purpose that is in our life. And so that's what we're talking about this morning. Like, we want you to understand that there is purpose, like there is value in your life, but maybe what you're lacking is the right connection. See, we see all throughout the Bible connections, connections with God, connection with others. And you could argue like the Bible is a book of connections, uh, right? Beginning to end, it's all connected and it's all about relationship with God and what Jesus did for us. And so this morning I want to start with John 15. And while, while I read this, so a couple of things I want to call out. One, I've bolded some things that I want you to catch Because I'm not going to have time to fully unpack this passage, but I wanted to read a little bit longer of a passage than we normally would, because I want you to see the full picture, the full context of what this is talking about. But again, just pay attention to some of the things that are bolded. John 15, verse 1 through 17, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it would be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. And if you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. And if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. But as I, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now, if Jesus stopped there, Every introvert in the room is feeling good, right? Like we, we just have to be me and God. Like if we can be connected with God and remain in him, it says that we will love him, we'll keep his commands, and we will have full joy in him. However, we've got we've to think about like what is that command, and Jesus gets right into it, verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. And you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my Father, Father's name will give to you. This is my command love each other. So we're talking about connection this morning and while we do that we see in John 15 like it starts first with connection with God. And the reason that this is important that we go over this is right if you miss this and you try to only connect with people you'll you'll be you'll be broken. Like you will be offended and and so I'm not gonna spend my, uh, the majority of my time talking about connection with God, but like, we've got to understand like that is the foundation to everything else we're talking about this morning. And the reason, like, the reason that, that others, people cannot be the connection we're only striving for, like even, even best friend forever, like flourishing marriage types of relationships, like that cannot be enough because people make a lousy God. People make a lousy God, and we, we sometimes let people become our God, like we miss connecting with God. And because of that, like we do, inevitably, we're gonna be broken, we're gonna be uh, offended, hurt, rejected by other people. And it, it's going to be much more impactful if we have missed connecting with God. So again, I'm not gonna spend um, majority of our time on that, but I wanted to just be clear, like we, we love God and it's our love for God, connection with God that enables the byproduct of loving others. Like he loves us, and if we if we back up in in John to John three, uh, 13, there's a couple of verses that speak to this verses thirty four and thirty five. A new command I give you: love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And the key here that I wanted to to share is by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. See, I would argue taking this that. Jesus is clear that the best indicator for how you love God is to look at how you love and treat people. See, now I can tell you that I love God and I can tell you that I read his word and I pray. You will see me up here at church. You'll see me serving. And while, yes, I do those things because I love God, I I wouldn't necessarily have to love God to do those things. And it could just be that I'm going through the motions. Now, I'm not saying I am, but you see my point that you can do things and say that you love God and do some of that but not truly love. But if you are genuinely loving people and people see that and and can tell that you, you love people differently, like different than the world loves people, like this is how we tell the world that we love God. And our ability to love people is limited by how connected we are to them. See, if I don't know anything about you, I can't love you very well. I, I can love you and I can be kind to you, but the, like, the ability for me to love you well depends on knowing some things about you. See, Devin is one of my friends, and because I know some things about him, I know that he's been a little down this week. See, LSU uh, started the season <laughs> 0-1 last week, and LSU is, is Devin's team. Uh, he also is a Chiefs fan, and so I'm sorry to Chiefs fans, but the Chiefs also started 0-1. <laughs> So Devin, Devin's been kind of with a heavy heart, you know, I've been, been trying to give him some love, but you guys can help me now that you know that about him, like you can kind of encourage him this morning. No, he, so he dissed the Cowboys and the Hogs last week, so I told him I had to get him back, so there you go. But no, this is true, so, so if you know people, you can love them better. One of the things that, you know, I know about my wife uh, is that she does not like Chocolate. And I know when I first learned this, like when we were dating, this was a red flag. I'm like, oh gosh, like, I don't know about this. But come, t- like, come to find out, this is a good thing because any chocolate that is in our household, now I get, because I don't have to share it. She doesn't like it. But the thing about it, right? Like the people that know Hannah know, like if you wanna get her a treat, you know, you bring her a cupcake randomly or something, like it shouldn't be chocolate. She'll be like, thanks, but then it'll go in the trash. Really, it'll go to me actually. Uh, this happens, and so, uh, you know, People know like probably strawberry, something fruity, like that's her go-to. That's how you can love her better. And I'm sure you can relate. Like there's things that you know about the people in your life that others don't. And that's one of the ways you can love them well. So I want to go back to the beginning and literally like the beginning in Genesis 1. And I want to show you something. See, God made us for people. You were truly made for people. And we see this. Back in Genesis 1, I'll I'll show this on the screen, but... See, God created light, and then in verse 4, God saw that the light was good. He created the land and the sea, and in verse 9, and God saw that it was good. He created plants, verse 12, and God saw that it was good. He created night and day, verse 18, and God saw that it was good. Birds and the fish, 21, God saw that it was good. Animals, 25, God saw that it was good. Adam, in verse 31... God saw all that he had made and it was very good. So this is like the rhythm of the creation story. Like it's good, it's good, it's good. He's repetitive and I'm being repetitive so that you get like this was, this is the takeaway of Genesis 1. Genesis 2, a few verses down, we see in verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And all my husbands in the room said, there you go, I'm helping you out this morning. But it's true, like this is a jar, like tires screeching, skrr, like what just happened, like not good. And what's fascinating is this is actually before sin enters the world in the next chapter. So there's no sin, but yet something was not good in the Garden of Eden. And it's, it's important we catch this, right? Like Adam was not complete until he had community, until uh, Eve entered the world and he was able to have that connection. And because of this, like we see fundamentally as people, we do need that connection, or something's not right in the world. Now, relationships flourishing is what like we want to happen, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that if you're with you, if you're with people, you have flourishing relationships. It's possible to be, to be surrounded by others, but not known, right? When your relationships are flourishing, it feels like everything's right in the world. Like when things are good with Hannah and I, like n- nobody can offend me. I'm feeling good, but. When we, you know, we're human. And so when we have our moments of strife or there's tension, it it is very hard for me to do whatever else we're trying to do in that moment. Like if we're trying to accomplish anything and then we have some strife, like I'm rattled, like my inner being is rattled. And it's because like relationships have that effect on us. And so it's important that we get this right. It's important that we are considering combating loneliness and and striving for flourishing relationships. I want to talk about this loneliness so uh, there's a study that shows our culture is increasing in social isolation. And, and it says we are in the midst of a loneliness epidemic. A 2021 Americans perspective survey shows that Americans report fewer close friendships than ever. Respondents claims uh, to talk and rely less often on friends for emotional support. And with this study, they tried to answer like, what age group is the most lonely, right? Is it, is it our young people? is it older people like who are the most lonely and what they found is there's no age related predictor of loneliness like across the board all generations like everybody is battling loneliness and and what was interesting is so this was a secular study not a religious study but their findings their recommendation was uh, highlighting the importance of fostering strong social bonds and being part of a community See, loneliness can have serious mental and physical complications that worsen if ignored. Social isolation and loneliness lead to higher risk of high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, anxiety, depression, memory issues, and even death. And I, like when we were reading this, I said, really, death? Like, did we have to go there? Like, I get that it was bad, but death? And I don't know, have, have you ever Googled your symptoms of something and you, you find yourself on WebMD? <laughs> And you're like reading the page, like, what do I do about this? And then it goes there and it's like, you might die. Like it, it's, it, you might die. And it's like, you got a cough, eh, it could be death, careful. Like you got a little bit of a headache, watch out, it could be death, could be death. Uh, scrape on the knee, treat it immediately or it's certain death. Like this, this is how it feels, so be, be weary of uh, WebMD. But, but truly, because I have this skepticism, as you see, when I read this, I said, that, that can't be, that can't be true. So I dug deeper and I found that the, yes, this research shows that loneliness is as deadly as if you smoked 15 cigarettes per day and that people who are lonely are 50, percent more likely to die at a premature age. An extended period of loneliness compromises your immune system, which can lead to heightened inflammation, heart disease and a host of other serious health conditions. So it, right, this is serious. Uh, and we see from the beginning of Genesis and Adam being alone to our present day loneliness epidemic. Like we have to take seriously connection because if we miss it, like there's a lot at stake. Um, but I hope when I share this, you don't, you don't hear it and feel discouragement. Like I hope you hear it and you're like, okay, what do we do about this? Like, come on, what do we do about this? And, and my answer is like, we've gotta be full of life. We've gotta be full of connection because when we are full of life, It's easier for others to come in and be part of this connection. It's why it's so critical to get this uh, full of life concept and be life-giving. So again, connection with God, connection with others. That's what we're talking about. And as we are doing this Full House series, we want to share with you attitudes and actions. And last week, Pastor Devin shared a, a definition of kind of what does it mean when we talk about attitude. And so I just wanted to share it again. Your attitude is a combination of your mindset, outlook, and feelings, or in other words, how you think, how you see things, and how you react to what you experience. So as we're thinking about attitudes, I actually thought that for this week, it's, it's gonna be helpful for us to talk about the wrong attitudes. Because if we, if we are honest about some of the wrong attitudes that we all can face, it'll, it'll better help us see like how we need to shift and have the right attitudes and so I wanna go through these and, and it, it's possible like you are already thinking some of these same things just as we talk today. So that's what I wanna get into it. The first wrong attitude towards connection is I already have enough friends. So we talk about this here at the house that our friend quota is never full. That's how we put it. Like, like great if you've already got friends, there's always room for another. And if we think about this, right? like, Like what if, All the people that feel like they already have friends didn't friend anybody new. Like the people that don't have friends, what about them? To put it really simply, you got a room of five people, four of them think they have friends, one doesn't. Hope you're not the one, right? Like truly, uh, this is what we're talking about if we're being honest. And so we've got to make sure like we are always making room for a new friend. And the reason is Jesus did this. Like Jesus approached his life here on earth as the ultimate friend. Uh, He even talks about it in our passage, John 15. Like, we're no longer, he doesn't call us servants. Like, he calls us friends. It's because he makes himself known to us. Like, he is known, and so we get to be a friend. Even a song we sang this morning, like, a friend that we have in Jesus. The second wrong attitude is no one really wants to be my friend. Maybe you think that because you've been hurt in the past. Gosh, maybe you think it because somebody told you that directly and, and you know, obviously there's hurt there if that's the case. Maybe they didn't tell you, but you just assumed it because you got left off of an invite list, somebody hung out without you, whatever it may be, like we can be battling this type of offense. And so I'm not diminishing like there is real hurt, there's real pain. Um and I said it, like people make a lousy god. So if you if you let people have that influence over, like you are gonna be inevitably offended, you are going to um, let a friend hurt you, and if you, you get to decide, right, like, how do you respond to that? Are you going to respond with forgiveness? Spoiler alert, uh, come back next week, Pastor Stephen's going to be talking about forgiveness, but but maybe it's just as simple as you need to be guarded against the offense, like like we talked about last week, or you need to avoid assumptions about people, because these are the ways, like, if we apply this this life-giving mentality to what we're doing, like the rest of this falls into place. Like we have to work against this wrong attitude. The third is they don't have anything to offer me. I'll be honest, I've, I've had this thought. And and the reason is because our world is transactional. Our world approaches things as, hey, what can I give them? What can they give me? And if, if there's mutual exchange, then sure, we can be friends. But as Christians, we are challenged that that's not how we think. In fact, Luke 6 speaks directly to this. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be the sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. So we've got to view this idea of connection is not a means to an end, right, what can I get out of it, but rather the calling on our life, that to fulfill the calling on our life, we've got to be connected to people, and then the fourth wrong attitude is, I'll just stay connected on social media, right, that's so much easier, like how easy is it to just hit a little follow requests, little friend requests? LinkedIn even calls it connections, uh, which side note? If, if if you use LinkedIn and get a lot out of it, like more power to you. Uh, but in my experience, LinkedIn is highly transactional, right? Like you just you just can connect with people and then do what, right? People aren't posting as much on LinkedIn, and so I saw a meme about this. It's like LinkedIn connect with people for no reason at all, and and that's it's a pretty good. Uh, pretty good uh, summary of LinkedIn, in my opinion. I know that that can be the case for other social media, but I'm not here to harp on social media. Like, There's a lot of good that can come from social media. Shameless plug on our, our house social media. It's a great way to stay informed. We've got uh, you know Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, like different pages. And if you, are, if you are engaged there, you can comment, like, better yet, share them with, with your, your sphere of influence. And that gives them a window of, hey, what what is God doing here at the house? Like, we're excited about what they're doing, and so that's a way we can celebrate it. Um, you know, there's other wholesome things, like people post pregnancy announcements, milestones in their life, like things that they're celebrating. And so there's good things that come of it. It's a way to stay connected with maybe people you used to be friends with and they live elsewhere. Um, and then there's even good that comes from the less wholesome stuff. Like, I, I've i got Instagram, I'll scroll some reels like the best of them, and, get some great laughs. And, and one of the things that I like to do is share those that, that you know, like the belly laughs, right? That really gets you sharing with some of your friends. And I've got a couple friends that, that don't live here. And that's just one of the ways like we stay in touch. Like we'll share reels that make us laugh to each other. Uh, and it's, it's a good time. But social media is like a snack for relationships. They're not meals. And you got to make sure that you aren't trying to rely on social media as your meal of relationships. See, we like snacks in our house. Um, We've got a three-year, almost three-year-old James, and this kid likes some snacks. And what, what? Imagine the scene, right? We're cooking dinner. Dinner's not ready quite as fast as he wanted it, and so he's hungry. And what do we do? We give him some snacks. He starts nibbling on his snacks. Finishes his snacks. Wants more snacks to which for about the 30th time, I explained to him, this was just a preview. We're waiting on the chicken, the mashed potatoes, the green beans, like we have substance coming that's gonna be the meal. And for the first time, instead of just immediately pushing back like he wanted more of the snacks, he pauses and I'm thinking, oh, he gets it. Like he, he's processing it. He's about to say like, okay, daddy, I get it. Looks me straight in the eye and says, but I just wanna eat snacks forever. Back to square one. And, and so of course I continue explaining to him, but as funny as that is for an almost three-year-old to say like he wants to eat snacks forever, some of us are living our life of relationships in the same way with social media. So we've gotta be careful what we're believing, what attitude we have towards social media. Now I do wanna give some action steps. So we talked about attitudes, now we're going like, what are some actions we can take here? I'm talking practical actions to be full of connection. Number one is to be here. I told you it's gonna be practical, but truly, right, if you aren't here, but expect to be known, that's not how it works. Like you've gotta be here to be known. I don't know if you've ever been fortunate enough to have a restaurant where you're known, like first name basis, walk in, they say, hey, you want the usual? I've had this a few times in my life, and the first time it happened was Bob's Grill in Conway. And if you don't know, it, it's like an American diner. It's a great place. And my small group, when I was in youth group in high school, we would meet there on Fridays. We would get some breakfast, and, and it was a great time. But what happened is, over time, they started to know us. And Bob's Grill, you actually park behind the restaurant and grab a lot, walk in through the kitchen to get into the restaurant. And so what, what we would do is we would kind of trickle in right on these Friday mornings, You'd walk in the kitchen, the cook would say, good morning, Jeff, you want your usual? And that's a great feeling as a 16 year old. I'm like, yes, I do, thank you very much. And they knew that that was uh, an oversized chocolate chip pancake and a side of hash browns and it was glorious, but it was a good feeling, right? Like we were known, but that didn't happen the first one, two, three, maybe even four times we were there. But after we've been doing this for months, right? Like all of high school, they knew us and so this was a great way that we were known so the same is true here at the house like we are here we want to know you we're passionate about it. like we want everybody to be known so that they can be loved and challenged and if you're known right that's I talked about it that's how you we can love you better and then if you allow us to, to love you and, and you know that we do love you then you you can let us challenge you right we can kind of bring out some truths in your life like you need to take these steps and you, we have this relationship but it starts with being here so be here The second action is make the first move. See, I've heard it said that life is more like a high school dance than you think. People are just waiting around to be asked. And for that, what I would say to you, right? If like, we're just sticking with that and considering like, this is a dance. If you wanna dance, ask somebody to dance, right? Seriously, like if you wanna hang out with somebody, don't just wait around, like ask somebody to hang out with you. If you wanna go to coffee, ask somebody. Like we we make this difficult for no reason while we let insecurities get in the way. And so here at the house, we try to just say like, look, we can cut through this if we just assume level 10. Like we're just gonna assume we're friends until you tell us we're not. Like we actually want you to be brutally honest if we're not friends, because sorry, like we're just gonna keep assuming we are and keep inviting you to things and just expecting you to be our friend unless you tell us no. And so I actually got to observe uh, an amazing exchange uh, Friday night between James, our, our almost three-year-old, and one of the Peters girls, uh, Finley, so she's five. Friday night, uh, James is excited. He says, they're, they're talking. He says, hey, it's almost my birthday. And she says, am I invited? And it was great. He says, he like thought about it. He says, well, do you want to come? And she says, yeah. And then he goes, are you my friend? <laughs> she kind of bashfully like took her head down and said yeah and then there you have it like she's invited to the birthday party and it's great like it can be that simple and I truly I was just like wow that was amazing um we as adults make that way harder but but truly like it doesn't have to be that hard right like we can just put put yourself out there now I've got some work to do with James like maybe don't ask somebody if they're your friend maybe just say like you are their friend uh there's some you know we can work on the wording here but But at the end of the day, like it's fine. Like the wording didn't have to be perfect and the outcome is friendship. And so like we've got to make sure that we are um, being thoughtful, right? Like where can we make the first move? One of the things I would challenge you, like when you're here, it's really easy to say like, hello, good morning, hi, at least I hope, but it's a little bit harder, but still very approachable to meet and not greet. So when you greet people, right? Like you're saying the hi, if you meet, you say, hi, what's your name? I'm Jeff. And from there, you'll maybe start talking, maybe found something in common. Like that's where we can start to be more a house full of connection like we wanna be rather than these surface level good mornings, hello, welcomes. Taking that even a step further. So people, when they are here, like they expect it to be invited to the things we're doing. And we are excited about events that we're doing. Like we wanna be a place that's open and be, we're, we're doing big things for the kingdom here. But people don't expect to be invited to your house. And that's still a pretty approachable thing. Like how how simple is it to say, hey, like, do you want to come to my house? In fact, there's some strategy here. Like this, I'm I'm now sharing with you my strategy, but uh, you can go to somebody and say, hey, would you like to come over for dinner sometime? And who looks you in the eyes and says no? (laughs) Seriously, right? Like, think about it. Like, how do you say no to that invitation? Like, you know what? You said sometime and and, you know, really my answer is never. So I never wanna come to your house for dinner. Like it's, it's not, it's like so approachable. Yet, if you invite somebody to an event, like it's really easy to have an excuse or maybe they should have a conflict. And so you might just keep missing each other. But if you say, hey, you wanna come over for dinner sometime, hard to say no. And then from there, like maybe you're busy and you've got to schedule it out a few weeks, but find a night that you're both free and do it. And who knows where that'll lead, right? Like that is just one simple way we can start to make connection. Third action is find commonalities because this requires being intentional. See, some friendships happen very naturally because there's something on the surface where you have connected, like you know you have in common and so you're just able to start from there and then see where it takes you. But some of my best friends now, like we didn't have that sort of natural start. It took a little bit more intentionality to search out like what did we have in common and then roll with that. And so I shared, right, that, that Devin and I are friends and this isn't despite of some of our, our big differences. Uh, I already told you he's an LSU fan. And so I had to think long and hard about like, am I gonna, am I gonna let that get in the way or can I be friends, you know, as a, as a, as a, a deep Razorback fan. But no, in seriousness, like we do actually have, we have de- very uh, different backgrounds. Like we grew up differently. And so there was not as much initially like surface level that we could relate on. But what we realized, right, is if we take what he would say are his priorities in life and I say what are my priorities in life, they're actually very similar. Like he loves God and he's working every day to be better at loving God. He, He loves his wife, he's working to be a better husband, loves his kid, like trying to be a better father. We're serious about the ministry. Like we're up here, we're trying to see like, hey, how can we make things better? How can we do more and grow the kingdom of God? And so when you start looking at the things that we, we have in similar, like the things that are most important, actually we can, we can bond a lot over. And then, you know, despite our differences, like we, we do both like sports. And so we can talk about that too. Um, but But the reality is, right? Like we had to overlook some differences in order to be friends. See, one of those differences is, is Devin loves to run. And I'll just put it this way. I I don't hate uh, to run. <laughs> and so, you know, there's something. And Devin decides, uh, when we were like in this season, like really kind of investing in our friendship, I'd say. He asked me if I wanted to run a half marathon with him. And I'll just say my initial thought is like, that's the last thing that I wanna do, is run a half marathon. Like that sounds crazy, I've always thought it. Like anytime I see that sticker on a window, like nope, not me, but But yet here we are, he's asked me, uh, I think I told him no initially, and then he asked me again, and I decided like, fine, I'll do this. And what that allowed for our friendship is then we were doing some training together. Like we were running together miles, miles takes a while. And so it gave us some time to talk about other things. And we were able to kind of really invest in this friendship beyond what, uh, what wouldn't have happened as naturally. Fourth action is to prioritize life giving connection. See, for many of us, our lives are busy. We've allowed a lot of things into our life and it could be a lot of good things. But if we aren't careful, we won't make space for this type of connection to go deeper with the people that we need to. And so it's about making space. Sometimes we need to evaluate and look at, okay, maybe you do feel like you're connected. You have connections, but you need to evaluate. That's why I underline: like life-giving. Are they life-giving connections? See Second Timothy, chapter three has some things to say about uh, the wrong connections, the types of people that would not be life giving, and this is one of those passages kind of like brutally honest, frank. Uh, but I want to share it because it just maybe you will relate to some of the things. Like there are people in your life that if you're if you're true to yourself, like you you would see, um, you know what my friends are more like that uh, than than they are life giving. See, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and having the appearance of godliness, but deny its power, avoid such people. Then it goes on in verse 10, it says, you, however have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. See, we want to be part of this you, however, this full of life mentality. And so again, like you, you may be well-connected, but really evaluate, like, are you connected to what looks like full of life? We try to make this simple at the house. We have life groups. I'm sure you've heard us plug them. But it's because we're serious about it. See, there's this, there's this thought that has been really, uh, I would say, intentionally shared in, in all of uh, Pastor Stephen Kay's wisdom. Because so, so when Hannah and I started coming to this church, there were about 40 people in service and there's one service. And people would walk in and they'd say, I just love this church because I love how small it is. And, and Pastor Stephen would say, like, hold up that's not it. Like we, we are going to grow because healthy things grow. But what you, what you're really saying when you say you love how small it is, is you love that you can be known. You love that you can be connected. And so we have been very intentionally combating this thought ever since then, which is as we do keep getting larger and larger, like we have to get smaller at the same time. What that means is we've got to be known and connected on a deeper level, not Everyone, like you won't know everybody in this room, but you just need to know some of the people in this room. And that's how we do it. That's how we accomplish it. And so we are, we're passionate about life groups. Like I mentioned my men's breakfast group. We we get together Thursday mornings, 6 30 a.m. at Chick-fil-A, like ready early. And what we do is we sit around the table and with those men, like we're known, like we know each other, we know what's going on, we're praying over whatever's going on in that week. That's how we accomplish this. It doesn't happen on Sunday mornings. You can meet and you can enable other connections, but you've really got to do something outside of Sunday morning. And for us, the, the simplest way is to join a life group. See, since I've been coming to the house, there's a few things that I've consistently been passionate about in the ministry that we do. Uh, one of those is finances. You've probably heard me talk about finances. If you've been here, if you haven't, maybe it's coming, but, but truly I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about marriage and family unit. So really striving to have a family that is glorifying to God and and in accordance with the biblical teachings so that we can live in a way that the Lord calls us to live and experience the joy that he has for us. But the third is connection, life groups. Like this is something that's been a passion of ours because when Hannah and I came to this church almost seven years ago, we were in need of community. We didn't have it. life circumstances, our existing friends had moved away. And so here we were in search of community and we, we came to the house, we got in the life group and it was in that life group that we started to laugh with friends and connect, play some competitive games of Catan and it was just the setting of being able to connect. And it, was a, it ended up being so much deeper than what we were initially doing, but we made space for that. And as we did that, we, we made some of our very best friends, like to, to this day, still some of our very best friends. However, I remember a few years ago, uh, both of these couples within about the same few months of each other came to us and let us know that they were moving. And we were, of course, were sad about that. And, and what that meant for us is we had to evaluate like, what's our response now? Like we were sad, we're still friends but we lost the proximity and we lost the ability to do life in the same way that we're really talking about here. And so like we had to decide, are we going to let our attitude be like, Ugh, it's such good friends. Now we're starting over. Or are we going to see that in God's house, there are many rooms and God is always bringing new people that are going to come in for for a purpose in your life and they're ready to connect. And we just had to decide like, okay, we're going to We're gonna keep doing this. Like we're gonna invest in friendships. It's what led to some of what I shared about Devin. There's others in the room, like we have been doing this. And truly I could say to you, like it's become an anthem in our home of like, okay, we're gonna open this place up. We're gonna take ownership here and we're just gonna bring people in and and connect and let that be our heart. And then from there, like they get to decide, like do they want to continue to connect? Do they wanna take steps? The decision is theirs, but what we've seen uh, especially the past few months, as people are, are stepping into more connection, stepping into like new, uh, new levels of leadership here and, and making steps in their faith to grow. And so it is, right, like, my question for you, who do you need to open that door of connection to? Who do you need to have over? Who, may, maybe somebody's been kind of asking you, and, and you've been stonewalling them. Like they want to go get coffee and you've just been continually making excuses. Like maybe this is the time where you can prioritize. Like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do that. Maybe it's that today, before you leave, instead of going straight to your car and you know trying to beat the lunch rush, you take a minute and you you connect with somebody. Like you go up to somebody you don't know, you meet them and, and, and just really lean into this chance to See, for us to be a house full of connection, like this has to be our desire. Like we've got a desire to be connected. And if we miss this, like we already talked about, like it gets bad. And so as I wrap up, would you, would you go ahead and stand with me? See, as you listen today, and I said that connection with God is the foundation for the rest of what we're talking about. Maybe you thought, you know what? That sounds great, but I don't, I don't really know what that means. I don't know what it means to have a relationship with God. And that's okay. You came to the right place. See, we do have a God that desires connection with us, a relationship with us, but we are sinful people. And so because of that, we were separated from God, but God had had a plan. He took action and he sent his son Jesus into the world so that he could live a perfect life and ultimately die on the cross for our sins. It didn't end there. He rose from the grave and because of that, he, d- he conquered death and this allows us the opportunity to say, you know what, I believe in God, I accept that forgiveness and I wanna follow him. And because of that, like that's how we can start a relationship with God. And so maybe you've never done that. Maybe today's the day. Maybe you have done that and you, you just wanna learn more about like where do you go from here. And I would encourage you like go to framework. We talk about this, we talk about what it looks like to follow God here at the house. Uh, and so we want to we empower you with that. Maybe as you listen today, you would say, you know what, Jeff? You're right. Like, I have the wrong attitude towards connection. I need to change some things. Like, I need to think about my mindset and shift some things and start believing again. You know what? I can make a new friend or, or I, can, I can prioritize connection. Like, whatever that looks like, maybe that's you today. Maybe there's a chance where you can take a step. And and finally, maybe you're like, I'm connected, but but as you shared this, there's some things I want to do too. Like I want to be part of what we're doing here at the house. I want to help people get connected. And so you're going to embrace some of these things, right? Like I'm going to invite somebody over for dinner. I'm going to go to coffee. I'm going to join a life group and work towards leading my own life group. Like there's things, right, that you can start moving, steps you can take. And so I just want to pray over all these things today as I close. Lord, we do pray that this house would be full of connection, Lord. We thank you that you are the source of our connection and that because we are connected with you, it allows us to connect with others in a way that we can love genuinely and make ourselves known in our community, and our world, that, hey, this is a place, this is a place that deeply loves. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing. I pray over anyone that would say today, I need to start a relationship with God. I pray that they would they would let that continue to stir in their heart and they would they would come and they would have a conversation with somebody on our team, Lord, that they could just enable a relationship with you. I pray for anyone that's battling with the wrong attitudes that Lord, allow us not to believe the lie that we have enough friends, or or believe the lie that that nobody wants to be our friends. Lord, we're we're ready to connect, and so let this be a house of connection. And then for anyone that wants to, Lord, that that's that's feeling compelled, like, hey, what can I do as part of this? I just pray that you would give them, Lord, give them places where they can fulfill that purpose here at the house. Lord, we do. We're training up leaders. And so I just pray that you would enable connection, that that ultimately we would be this house full of connection. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing today. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.